When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Playing slow, so we're playing through. Hosted by Bob Ballou and Carl Nicholson. Brought to you by Horseshoe Bay Resort. Play the famous Texas Triangle Championship Golf at its finest. Horseshoe Bay Resort. Good Saturday morning to you, Austin, Texas, and welcome inside another edition of Playing Through. Brought to you by Horseshoe Bay. All happening right here on the Horn. I'm Bob Ballou. Good morning. I am Carl Nicholson. Bob, great to see you. And I can't help but notice you are decked out. In your orange Puma hat, your bright, <laughs> bright orange golf shirt. That could only mean one thing. The That's clock right. has been set back. And we're living in Ricky Fowler's world again. Regardless right. of what the doubters have been saying for the past almost decade, right? I didn't know if it oh, meant five like years. Miami was in a bowl game, Syracuse or Oklahoma State was in a bowl game. I was trying to think of something that was. Right. Uh, yeah, I, listen. Uh, We've got so much to get into in the show, and I think it all starts with Ricky Fowler, um, especially with where we are in the PGA schedule, um, right. where we are with where everything falls over the next you know three months. Um, it's there's just a lot. There's a lot to uh, there's a lot to get into. So I you know. While I do want to, we will get to Ricky Fowler. I, I do want to mention um, pretty exciting stuff on the show today. Um, I was out at Driftwood uh, a few weeks ago to kind of preview the course again, get a good look at um, what's going on out there, how the how everything's shaping up. And uh, Tim Phelps, the head golf professional out at Driftwood, will take some time and join us later in the show. You know, I I, I try to. It's interesting, Carl. I think you you try to be nice. You try to to say the right things. Anytime you're around someone in any kind of situation, you're always trying to to say the right things. And I I referenced Driftwood's eight hour round. And and when you when you think about an eight hour round, that's not a good thing for the most part. But at Driftwood, it is. It's an awesome thing. So we'll get into why it's an awesome thing that it's an eight hour round out at Driftwood. And we'll talk about a bunch of different things that are going on out there. But the course is in great shape, obviously, uh, as you might imagine. The development is really coming together. They have some some big things planned outside of just the golf. And I, I think it's a it's a really unique property, and it's it's going to be really cool just to to share it with you and kind of what's going on out there as they continue the development out there and continue to to move forward with the with the project. Obviously, the golf course has been good to go for a little while now, but. But to uh, to get to go play it, see it, it was the first time I played the back nine. I played the front nine a couple times when the back wasn't ready. But this is my first time playing the back nine and hitting all of the comfort stations and everything else. So really good time out of Driftwood. Look forward to catching up with Tim uh, a little bit later in the show. Carl, you have not been out there yet, have you? 
No. I do think I played an eight-hour round before Steve Hammond was running one of a particular city course on the south side of town. I I I do feel like I I got in, hooked up into one of those eight-hour rounds at one point back in the '90s, but that could be for another day. Yeah, and and it probably wasn't as much fun as as why this one is what it is. So, <laughs> um, no, it's 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 great. It's the the job that that they've done. Um out there is really special. So we'll get into that later in the show. But first, Carl, as you mentioned, you know, we missed our show last week because of July 4th weekend. So we didn't get to talk about Ricky Fowler's near miss at the U.S. or miss at the U.S. Open and right. Wendell Park's win. You know, when we when we looked at that weekend, going into it, I think you and I had made our picks and I think you said you took Ricky and I took Rory, if I'm not mistaken, or vice versa. I can't remember which one it was. Vice versa, right? Yeah. But I did text a friend of mine Saturday morning as we were starting to talk about the weekend. And I said, you know, Wyndham, or maybe it was Sunday morning, but I said Wyndham might just have the cockiness to win this thing. And that wasn't a bad, wasn't a bad term. It was just there were some things that he said and some things that he did that I went, I could see this happening. And it was really cool that, you know, we, we saw that happen. And then now we, you turn around and Ricky Fowler wins and now it all kind of comes together. And, and I thought, I'm going to say this, Carl, and we can, we can get into Ricky a little bit here. I really do believe this. I, I think that Ricky Fowler went about everything the right way. And a lot of times when you see a guy have something like what happened to him in his final round at the U.S. Open after the after the week he had, a lot of times guys just kind of dust it off or they do whatever, kind of don't – I thought Ricky's approach in that post game was congratulating Wyndham, saying things that made sense, saying like, hey, listen, um, I'm really excited about where my game is. I'm really excited about where this is going. I, I feel big things are coming. He wasn't really down about it. He was like, yeah, I mean, I wish I played better, but I didn't. And you just saw that. I think you see that feed over into what happened last weekend. And I think that's a great, to me, in my mind, it's like, that's a great approach in life. When bad things happen to you, be like, you know, I'm just, bad things are going to happen almost every day. Something, whether it's small or big. His approach was just like, yeah, it's fine. No big deal. Like, I mean, I wish I'd won, but my game's in a good spot. Good things are happening. And I thought that was really special. What was your takeaway? I think you're right. I think there's a lot to be said for that whole trust the process. I think I think we've heard that. I I, I think it, it resonated a lot. And I, I think it's to the point where people might have some fatigue with, with that type of uh, rationale or, or just the terminology in and of itself but I think that's what you've seen in Tiger Woods when Ty, all the all the times when Tiger Woods would say I'm I'm close and you look at his data you look at the fairways he's hitting you look at what wasn't there but you you eventually learn to trust Tiger when he said he was close and and it's kind of the same process that you've seen with with Ricky Fowler, I mean, the work he's put in, obviously, with, with Butch Harmon to to re rededicate himself to to a new putting stroke, uh, it all comes out in that confidence that you talked about. It's a quiet confidence. I mean, I mean, Wyndham Clark was wearing a little bit more on his sleeve, which was cool to see. 
And that's just been that's been the exciting thing about the, this almost really this entire first half of the season on the PGA Tour is that it looks like a <laughs> almost cussed. It, it looks like a it looks like a sport. It looks like a sport. Grit, guts, intestinal fortitude are on full display. I mean, it's not guys just sort of you know they're really having to dig deep you're seeing a lot of, a lot of playoffs you're seeing a guy, you guys have comeback victories in the, in the fourth round playing their way into playoffs from way back you're really and you're seeing a lot of guys who've really had to dig it out and search and I, there's not a better poster child or better emblem of of that than Ricky Fowler uh who fell so far down out of the top 50 out, out of some automatic bids uh made an effort to uh Get into the U.S. Open you know, last year, and then a year later, nearly almost wins it. Uh, you know, just an incredible bounce back story. Inter- interesting to say that, that that he feels like this is a big. <laughs> Butch Harmon looked at Tiger Woods' comeback to win the 2019 Masters. Phil Mickelson winning the PGA Championship, and says this is bigger. I didn't read the full story, but I mean, that's a guy that's worked with all three guys. Yeah, his I've actually got his quote right here because I thought it was so intriguing that he said that. Butch said, I'll be honest with you, I think this one meant more to me personally than a lot of the majors that I've won with different guys just because I know how far down Ricky was. And to watch him come back, it was a joy to watch. And that was on uh, Gravy and the Sleaze with uh, Colt Nost and and Drew. That's fantastic. You know, yeah, I mean, and, and Butch knows the golf swing. Butch knows all the components that it takes, the building blocks that it takes to make a great player. And whatever was missing in Ricky, I'm sure he could see it. Just astounding that they could fix it and bring him back to the the heights that we were. We got re- got really comfortable and accustomed to see, seeing him, you know, excel at a, a decade ago. Um, I, I'm really anxious to, to to see what's left for for Ricky Fowler. Uh, a lot of people have him more than penciled in for the Ryder Cup. I, I show him as as 12th on on the list right now. Uh, so obviously there's there's some some considerations there, but boy, I think he looked good in the red, white, and blue, especially the way that he's getting around the golf course. The, going back to that U.S. Open LA Country Club, Bob, he just didn't look like there were any weaknesses in his game. I mean, the 62, yeah, that's obvious, but the way he was doing it, the way he was putting six footers without breaking a sweat, without really looking stressed. I mean, we 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 come accustomed to you know, that kind of California cool thing that he has, that Xander Shoffley has. Maybe you could rattle off another five to 10 players that have it, but that's back. And it's not just a facade. It's that the guy's hitting putt center cut, that he's chasing pins. He's confident off the tee. All all of the things are there. This is a guy that doesn't get rattled and doesn't get, you know, doesn't let one mistake compound into another um, like we saw so many times with him. So uh, really interesting to see where, where his game is. The, the game's better with him in it. I mean, he's just he's just one of those guys. We talked about Jason Day, who's had a resurgent time. Golf's just a little bit more fun to watch. It's just a little bit more intriguing when guys like this, who go about their games in an athletic way, you know, Rick, Ricky with, you know, uh, extreme sports in his DNA, back to, his, you know, his BMX competition day, days in his youth. Uh, it's just It's just interesting to see guys approach golf the way they do and have success in 2014 the last time the open was hosted at royal liverpool rory mcelroy won at 
17 under, and tied for second was Ricky Fowler. And here Who we is are. Sergio? Sergio. Is Sergio. Huh? And here we are nine years later with Rory and Ricky ready to go to battle again, and Sergio going to miss his first one in 24 years. Yeah, that's that's tough. Yeah, because as I recall, but wasn't Sergio close in that one? Yeah, he was tied for second. You were right. He tied for second. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he, I I feel like he was right there, and Rory. It was one of those ones where Rory just pulled away, kind of like that. Was it the thirteen PGA where where he pulled away from Ricky and Phil Mickelson? Thirteen or fourteen? Yeah, it was one of those ones where where, where Phil and Ricky were kind of rooting each other on and high fiving, and Rory just got pissed and and decided <laughs> I'll just win this thing by a couple strokes and not even make these guys a factor anymore yeah that's good stuff uh so they head back there in two weeks uh they're at the john deere classic this week um by the which by the way every time anybody says the john deere classic all i ever think of is jordan spieth's hole out when he was 19 years old to to force playoff and then go on to win that that still is i i know everybody goes back to the i believe it was the travelers when he beat daniel berger with a bunker shot in the playoff but but the one at john deere is the one that did everything for him. I mean, it got him into every event he needed to get into. It it pushed his career forward. And that took a one hop bunker shot from 30 yards away going in for him to force a playoff and then to win it in the playoffs. So um, I always think when every time we come to the John Deere, I always think about, about Jordan and his 19 year old self. That is the stuff of legends. It, like you said, it did make a career. I mean, there's no guarantees and you have, you have to think, I mean, obviously everything he showed subsequently, you would have to believe that he would have found a way to get there, but yes. you remember the status he had. I mean, it, 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 you're right. He, he did not have full playing privileges on the PGA tour. The, those few tournaments he played that season were critical in getting, getting him to all the eligibility, like you said, in all the events that he needed to play in, including the majors and uh, talk about making the most of it. I mean, Jordan Spieth was a, a giant and a giant killer those first few years of his professional career. Yeah, it really was. Hey, one more thing on Ricky. I wanted to go back to because I didn't want to forget this. You know, I don't everybody saw his reaction when he won. Um, he just kind of stood there holding his putter, looking up, and when he made the putt in the playoff. And and everybody um everybody kind of wondered what what it was that he did. And he said he went on the, the podcast with Smiley Kaufman. He said it wasn't there was nothing to it. I didn't plan anything. He was like I just kind of stopped and went, looked up and said, man, it's over. Like, I'm just so glad it's over now. We don't, it's been four years and how many months, how many days, whatever it was. He's like, I'm just so glad it's over. And then somebody, and it, I, I always want to credit the creative genius who came up with stuff. I don't know who this one was, but it's as genius as any. I don't know if you saw it, Carl, but uh, it said, everybody's been wondering what his thought was when he looked up to the sky and he looks up and then they cut away to, chubbs peterson and the alligator and they're all <laughs> they're all waving grandma and they're all waving from heaven down to down to ricky and it's playing the happy gilmore music and i that's one of the that's one of the better ones i've seen in a long time that really got me uh and they were playing the music as the putt was going so i kind of knew where it was going but just to just to see them all standing there waving it, it was it was pretty hilarious I, I again i don't know who came up with that but that was uh that that was pretty genius that, that was a good one i was i was i was pretty impressed with that one that is really cool. And, and it does feel that way. I mean, I, I feel like it was cathartic for more than Ricky. I think there's a legion of fans who who really have kind of willed, helped Ricky uh, will him in, in, into this position where he's just sort of back. I mean, I, I, I don't know how you can even quantify that, but I, I, I would think 
the fan base he has ha- have to play some factor in keeping his spirits up and keeping him motivated to to reach these sites. Obviously, he's done it all in the dirt. He's done it with Butch Harmon. He's done it on the practice range with his you know himself and his team. But uh, it, you you can just feel a lift now, even in the media where you're not you know you're not supposed to be have a rooting interest, but uh, you see a lot of people who were really enjoying uh, Ricky Fowler back in the mix. Well, listen, there's a, there's a, there's now a real interesting case to be made for who they're going to put on the Ryder cup team. Uh, some guys are obviously going different directions right now. Justin Thomas is just plummeting. Um, it, it's, it's hard to picture them going to Europe without Justin Thomas on the team. Um, but he's going to have to show something here in the next few weeks. Uh, to to make sure he's there and maybe it's doing something special at the open championship who knows but he's just been it's been a real struggle for him I know he finished ninth a couple weeks ago but other than that he's missed cuts and he's just done some very unjust and Thomas like things so uh, Ricky Fowler's put himself in that mix now and it will be fun to see uh, what happens there Carl I I did want to say this before we uh, go to talk to Tim Phelps some really interesting um I guess golf golf I just called it a bombshell PGA Tour document this week um boy you know this this live pga stuff has it, now we're finding out how far back it actually goes what right. some of the discussions the early discussions were but i just wanted to i wanted to mention one thing of this because i haven't gone through it i'm not a not a lawyer i can't go through some of that stuff and understand a lot of it and some of it just sort of makes you bummed out some of it makes you bummed out and one of the things i think that kind of made us bummed out um was that the tour expected tiger woods to show up at the travelers in uh, last year in June, and he was going to make these prepared remarks that were on the sheet. Now, this all came out as a clerical error. Somebody requested the documents. They were supposed to be sealed. Somehow they were unsealed, and this guy got them, and and this Desert Duffer LLG on Twitter is the one who put them up. um, But the talking points included, I just thought this was so interesting, Carl. Oh, my goodness. Tiger Woods was going to stand before every player that was at the Travelers, and they had his remarks written out. Like they they wrote what he was scripted, going to do. scripted with, with with stage cues. Oh my yes. gosh! Oh, and it said uh, Woods was going to say that PGA Tour Commissioner Jay Monahan is the right guy for this war. So Tiger was going to back up Jay so that everybody got on board with Jay. And it was time the players joined the fight. And then the other, the one I just laughed at was like how they scripted out Tiger's what he was going to say. Do what I did. Tell the Saudis to go F themselves and mean it. And like they had all this stuff written out that Tiger was going to say. And it's like, it's just not that you don't know that scripted stuff happens sometimes, but to read it when Tiger was going to go in front of the players where it's just a conversation, that that really kind of bent me the wrong way um, for what they were trying to accomplish. Not that they're trying to. You know, not that they're trying to do things the right way, obviously, but I, I was that, that that was one of the things I thought kind of bummed me out. I'm with you on that. No, that was a bummer, and it's it's just really embarrassing. I mean, that that that's the thing. I, you uh, hold entities logos may, may, maybe to a fault, you know, to a higher standard, and 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 that's that's the trouble you have with this. You think. That's the PGA Tour. I mean, as far as echelons go, that's the highest one we have, right? I mean, that's that's the brand. That's the logo. That's the NBA. That's the NFL. It's PGA Tour. And to see that there's that much discombobulation and searching and fumbling in the dark for talking points, it's not a good look. It is not at all a good look. And it's 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 troubling to see 
some a document that embarrassing, even if it was just throwing something on the wall and it was never supposed to see the light of day. Tiger immediately came out and said he'd never seen anything like that. Right. Uh, you, if you read between the lines, doesn't sound like it's anything he would have entertained. But I, who the heck knows? And then Tiger, you know? yeah, Tiger coming out and saying that was pretty, pretty telling too. That he was like, I, I never, that was never my intention. Well, yeah, you want to separate your brand from from that those kind of tactics too. There's no question. I mean, it's funny that's the first thing the Tigers come out to say since all you know since things have broken loose about the uh, the two parties you know coming together on the Saudi side and the PGA Tour. You know, because we, we we want to know what Tiger was to, has to say about this or what his thoughts are, and you know, maybe even some hint as to what his vested interests were. I mean, we talked a year ago. It felt like Tiger Woods and Rory McIlroy were, were very much in tune with the direction of the, of the PGA tour, which meant they were probably being compensated to, you know, to sing that tune. Right. And I don't know what we're going to know if we'll ever know, but you know, does, does Tiger feel some sense of betrayal? Is there something still in it for Tiger and Rory? I mean, so much, as we've said all along, there's so much we don't know. And so much, this, it, this is not the last interesting or maybe, you know, fo- falling of, of a facade that, that we're going to see as this process goes, as we get into the d- discovery of these documents, it's, uh, it's either that it's worrying. I still feel like there will be a PGA tour <laughs> in the right. next three to five years, but it, it, it gives you that sense of, 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 of shaking, you know, feeling a little shook, a, a, a little doubtful as, as to how, how stable all this is when yep. you see that, you see that level of discombobulation in a, in a, very wealthy, very well structured corporate entity that we've you know come to put on a pedestal. It's it's pretty insane. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll see kind of where that that leads us. I know we we've talked a lot about it on the show and, and the direction it continues to take, but we'll see kind of what happens. All right, uh, Carl, we got to take a break. When we come back, we've got Tim Phelps from Driftwood Golf Club to uh, talk about everything going on out there. But first, we want to. Remind you about hsbresort.com, Horseshoe Bay, uh, open for the summer um, with, I mean, always open, obviously, but open for the summer with some great opportunities. Um, you know, I, I, I think we were talking about this a few weeks ago about how I kept looking at it. My wife and I are just trying to figure out a weekend to get out there with the kids because there's so much for the kids to do. Obviously, Same. some great golf, the Robert Trent Jones courses, um, the million dollar hole. I, Carl, there's just so much to do out there and it's it's a it's a great time to get out there as as it continues to get hotter this summer. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. I mean, just talking to Anthony Holder and, and the team and Bobby Haby about how good the golf courses are looking right now. It, it doesn't feel like we've had a lot, lot of rain, but all the superintendents will tell you um, that it's been enough to gr- really green up Central Texas's golf courses. So not only are we getting a lot of play, we're getting to play it in really fantastic conditions and you, you it's a special treat i mean if you're used to playing if you've got a club here or you're used to playing the public courses around town getting on and playing that big grass out, out there at horseshoe bay and, and and getting getting to experience uh just a little bit flavor different flavor of golf out there is, is a lot of fun ramrock slick rock you, you know I, I just your mind just races to your favorite holes on each one your favorite little stretches as, as you go through, through the course. And as you mentioned, that's only, that's only part of the experience. I mean, that's, that's not even the, the yacht club, the lakefront, you know, the waterfront has taken on its own identity. They had, they added, a, they added another beach near, near the waterfront section, which is sort of over by the spa and the waterfront restaurant. 
so the the product and and the fun things you can do on near the water, uh, the the three sixty uh, whitewater putting course and sports bar facility, the, the all of that out there, special events. It just never really ends. I mean, you can just sort of stumble into cool, exciting things to do at Horseshoe Bay. You just got to get out there. We encourage you to do that. It's hsbresort.com, hsbresort.com. Tell them Bob and Carl sent you. All right, when we come back, we sit down with Tim Phelps of Driftwood Golf Club. That's coming up. This is Playing Through on the Horn, brought to you by Horseshoe Bay. Another good Saturday morning to you, Austin, Texas. Welcome back inside this edition of Playing Through on the Horn, brought to you by Horseshoe Bay Resort. He is Carl Mickelson. I'm Bob Ballou. A lot of good Ricky Fowler talk, as you might expect, in the first block. Uh, first segment, really enjoyed getting to, getting to talk about him and what he's accomplished and his comeback. And, you know, the one thing I didn't say about him, Carl, that I feel like if you've, if you've listened to the show over the years, you know I've, I've kind of gone in on Ricky Fowler Um and I, I've always thought he was a nice person, nice guy. Really enjoy what he brings to the table. It had nothing to do with that. I would what I went in on him on, on was that his social media became basically sponsored advertisements. There was never a right. oh, Ricky. We never got any sense. Which I mean, kind of in today's world, okay, fine, whatever. It's social media. It's the way it is. But but it's a. I don't know. It was a frustration for me for a long time because I thought we were really getting to see a good side of him, not just the spring break stuff, but even before that, you go back to the golf boys that he did with Ben Crane and Bubba Watson and and Hunter Mahan, and they had some fun with that. And we saw like this great personality in him. And then it just kind of went away and his game went away too. And I, not that I think those are necessarily coinciding or anything. I just, I just really like it when guys show us who they are. I really enjoyed Max Homa doing a lot of the things he did. And so, you know, I think to see the real emotion in Ricky, not just when he won, but to see his child, to see his wife, all those kind of things is always special. I just, I just always want to see more of that. I always want to see more of the real side of people. And I think it's hard sometimes in sports to be able to see that. Right. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. You know, it's, it's again, we, we talk about this. They're not actors they're not and they're not they don't even do what you do they they they, they haven't even been schooled on how, how to how to speak to people necessarily i know i know some some guys get media training and some have better representation and agents than others but i think it I, I just getting seeing a little behind the scenes of phil mickelson from time to time i think it's hard to realize what you're what you're putting out there you, you and how it corresponds with what you're trying to put out there. I, I know with Ricky, he came came at a time when social media took off, when the the we we came we come off a recession, so there was a little bit of money being poured into the game. So I think there were some things he just couldn't say no to, and some things that we just had to sort of fumble around. You know, j- just he was sort of the guinea pig for this sort of thing. So he he became marketable. Uh, at a time we hadn't had all these things figured out. And again, we always figure these things out in phases. I mean, right now I look at the landscape of, of guys that are YouTube famous, like yeah. pretty good at golf, but YouTube famous. I don't know that we'll be consuming that 10 years from now. Maybe we will. I, I, I always picture there's a guy that's going to get on it, get in on it a little bit too late. 
you know, and, and, and maybe not be able to tap in and get a Callaway or title of sponsorship. But yeah, I, I think it's been a little, you know, obviously fortuitous for Ricky because it seems like he's always, regardless of how he's played, there's always been two or three commercials during a golf telecast or something sports centric that, that he's in. So I think you can look at that at, at however you want. I mean, in terms, I mean, obviously the guy's bankable. There's something that they like about working with him. I, I think you have to assume some of that goes down to character. Cause I mean, these are corporate relationships. These aren't just spokes models, spokesperson relationships. Uh, these are things where they have to like the guy. They have to believe in the guy they're putting their logo on him or, or they're, he's becoming one of the faces of, of, of their brands. So you like to think that that speaks to a character that sort of transcends or goes, you know, collaboratively with with the talent that he has on the course because right. uh, they keep going to him. I mean, <laughs> just when you think you've seen it and, and that that campaign's over, he, he comes back with a rocket mortgage or or something else. I can't remember the, the insurance one that ran for, for a long time. Uh, the, it's a Prudential or one of the State Farm, one of those. He it, was, just, uh, it goes back to what does PMI even mean, Rick? That's the whole, exactly. that was the end. <laughs> yeah. And they're generally pretty good. Uh, yeah, he's, he's got, he must have a good agent because the, the, the copy is generally pretty good and they, they make pretty good use of Ricky, but uh, it's nice to see it. Like I think what you're saying is you wanted to believe there was an authentic guy there and you want to know who that is. You want to see more of who that is because you think that there's there's some good there to pursue and you're a little bit more of it would be kind of nice for our, you know, golfing entertainment appetite. And I, I I would tend to agree with you. Yeah, he's uh I, I just I've, I've I've thoroughly enjoyed him and it's I just think the I I just always want to see more out of people. I want to see more real out of people. And I think that was, you know, we've seen some of it, but but uh I think I think that was the reason. We've seen some of it, so it makes me want more. I want to see more out of it. Uh, I'll tell you who is very real is Tim Phelps, the head golf professional out of Driftwood Golf Club. Had a chance to catch up with him and uh, talk a little a little Driftwood. And we started with the eight-hour round, but he had a much better name for it than because the, the eight-hour round sounds like it has a negative connotation. So uh, I'll, I'll, we'll start with what I ask him about the eight-hour round, and you'll get a little bit of feedback from him, plus everything that's going on out at Driftwood. So here it is, Tim Phelps, head golf professional at Driftwood Golf Club. Tim, I love when we come out here and – First thing you hear is it's the home of the eight-hour round, <laughs> but it's an eight-hour round only because right. you want to stay on the course forever, not because it's slow play. It's a very rare thing in golf these days. Right. How special is the eight-hour round here at Driftwood? You know, it's what makes it so unique is, you know, everybody's trying to get in as much golf as possible. It's got to be fast. There's so much to do, uh, you know, in your day-to-day life. But um, out here, it's just, you know, taking your time. There's comfort stations you know, you can hit our conversations every three holes. Um, and that's what's unique about those is, you know, everybody can relax, go in, get something to drink, getting something to eat, um, continue three holes later. We always call it a 10-pound round. Um, and, mo- you know, more importantly, if you go hungry or thirsty out there, it's on you. Um, but, you know, it's it's more of just, you know, having the, the casual atmosphere, Um you know, it's not, you know, we're not trying to, to crank out as many rounds as we possibly can. It's more about the experience. I, I got to tell you, I like 10-pound round more than I do <laughs> eight-hour round, but, but both are very true. Um, let's talk about the comfort stations first before we yeah. get into the golf because, you know, I think people have been to comfort stations before. They've seen things, but yours are very, very unique. What mm-hmm. is it 
about your comfort stations that you guys wanted to make maybe a little different than some of the other places you'll see? Yeah, you know, what's, what's great about Discovery is they've continued to reinvent the wheel of the comfort station. Um, every property that, uh, that comes online, they, they take what they've learned from the other ones and make the next ones just a little bit better. Um, you know, what's great about our, our front nine, we call it Sunrise. It's beautiful. It's got a huge bar um, that's, you know, open air that you can kind of look over the hill country of the front nine. Uh, but then when you go inside, you, you hit those nostalgic old school candies that, you know, bring back memories for mom and dad and, you know, just pops open the eyes for the kids. The reason um, peanut butter was, cups were almost empty, just so you know, that's, I'm not surprised because that's like everybody's favorite. You know, the bit of honey is what gets honey. me, yeah. you know, it takes yeah. me back and, you know, I, I can't stop. <laughs> Um, but yeah, you know, the soft serve ice cream, um, and then as we, you, you make your way around hole 10, we've got, you know, the silo, which we call JPH for just past halfway. Um, and then on the, uh, the back nine, we've got sunset, uh, which leans more into, uh, you know, a healthy offering, um, hummus and there's a hot dog roller in there, but, uh, <laughs> The live fire, the wild, the, you know, wild game. Uh, Chef Trippy's just done a great job of, uh, you know, the offering that we have out there. It's just second to none. It's it's fun. Um, that third comfort station also has some pretty incredible barbecue. Yes, yeah. The the live fire that we have out there. He's got a 94 gallon smoker that's always always cooking something up. Um, uh, you have a favorite food yeah. that that? Ha oh my gosh. Because the jalapeno cheddar sausage. Yeah, I was gonna say it depends on the day of the week. Yeah. Um, that's a that's a great question. I, I I can't I can't pin one down. But our our culinary team is 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 really good, and they they've got such a great imagination on just changing it up from your you know your Texas barbecue of brisket and pork and all of that. They they they've got a great way to spin it and uh, and make it very unique, and and it'll fill you up. And as, as much as I could talk about comfort stations all day, I'll, I'll leave it with this one. Um, where did the idea of the ice shot come from? Uh, That's our own, a, our own Jeff Barker uh, was hit the bell. Hit the bell. All right. Uh, first try. First try. Yeah. Well, that, it was your only try. Goodness, we, we don't need a lot of ice shots here. But um, what? Where did that idea come from? Because that's another really just unique special. Not quirk, but unique special quality. Yeah, you know. So property wide, uh, I'm sorry. Within the whole discovery portfolio. The ice shot has kind of evolved into something really fun where you throw it at something different, whether it's, uh, I think Playa Grande, is Playa Grande the one where we, we've got the whale uh, that, that you throw it in the whale's mouth and it shoots water out? Um, nice. There's uh, the, the, the cowbell out here just works great for, you know, Driftwood Golf and Ranch Club. So we've, we've got a cowbell and it, you know, brings the noise and you always got to, if you hit it, you're supposed to go, you're supposed to go again, so. Um, we'll have to let Jeff know. Yeah. Yeah, we've got to take you back out there. We all need more cowbell. Yeah. Um, this this golf course is in tip-top shape in a time where a lot of golf courses around the area have their struggles because mm -hmm. of the freeze, because of the rain, because of everything that's gone on through, you know, four months of this year. Um, I guess that's first and foremost a tribute to your your maintenance team uh, for what they've done. But, but how are you able to keep this place in such great shape? You know, it it goes right back to what you what you commented. Eric Pools and our our golf course maintenance staff. I mean, they are 
they are top notch. They they come to play every day. Um, very very knowledgeable with with the the turf that we have. We've got the Zeon Zoysia um, in the fairways, and then we've got the 007 uh, bent grass um, on the on the green complexes. And they're just they're so good at what they do. Um, and it's 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 just really um, it's really fun to see it all come together, you know, seeing it come from, you know, just almost nothing to now there's a golf course and now there's we're in our third season of wildflowers and every year every you know it, it just it 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 kind of settles in just a little bit more, and uh, the attention to detail from our maintenance crew is unlike any other club that I've been at. You know the. The back nine was the last nine to finish. The last four holes are are really special in their right. own right. What do you think it is about that that back nine, the kind of the way it finishes that makes it makes it so special? Well, so the what's great about the the two nines, uh, the front nine, you know, it kind of goes up up the the hill country a little bit. You get a little bit of a vista view looking back from sunrise down, um, and then as you play the back nine. Um, that's the first uh, first opportunity that you get water on the golf course. So uh, as you make your way to 15, that's the first time you've got water, a water hazard to the right. Um, 16 is a beautiful par four. Uh, 17 is a, a you know, gorgeous par three over water. And then 18, you've got a, a nice creek along the right-hand side that finishes with a water feature on both sides of the green. So um, yeah, the the last four holes with the water and the the golf house here coming up 16 um it just tells a really good story and and you you buckle up because it, it's going to separate who's who's up in the match and, and for sure you know you you can do that with a lot of holes out here but but in your mind what is it that makes a good hole like how do you describe what a good hole is that's a good question you know a a challenging tee shot um you know, a, a good a good approach to the green that's fair, um, and the green complexes on the entire golf course are phenomenal. Um, but I really like the the finishing holes. 15's got a huge, uh, huge, almost a two-sided green with a bunker that's protecting it right in the middle. Um, coming up 16, uh, it's almost. You know, you got the bunker off to the left, and then water to the right. Uh, Seventeen is there, there's almost three tiers on that one. Um, you know, I, I really enjoy the the green complexes coming coming down the home stretch. All right, so so what's left to complete out here? Obviously, the the, the big golf clubhouse is still to come. What what other projects are y'all working on? Right now? That's on the on the ranch side. That's about it. So uh, we're about six months in on the golf house and the hitting bays here on the on the practice facility. Uh, all the comfort stations are online, um, and then the next big uh, big push will be for our clubhouse, uh, which will have uh, men's and ladies' locker rooms, our fitness center, uh, the dining room, the smokehouse, uh, and then our, our there'll be a detached cart barn over there um, for golf operations. Um, and then Eric Pools and our maintenance crew will get their facility as well, um, and th- and that'll be it. That'll wrap it up for the for the ranch side, and then. I think by the end of the year, we should have, I think, close to 40, uh, 40 homes turnkey uh, on both the ranch and creek parcel. So uh, that's when it'll, it'll really get, it'll start to get fun with building the community and having members, you know, with their own carts and uh, just coming out to see us because they live here.
Uh, that's what I was going to ask. So, do you have the numbers on that? Is that is that something that I can you can run through? Like how many members? How many? Sure. How many spots you still have left? How many? Yep. So right now we're uh, total. We're at 340 memberships. I, uh, there's 300 and I think 20 lots to sell, um, and we're about halfway through, which is incredible at this phase of the development. Normally, when you just have a golf, you know, just a golf course built. Um, and not a whole lot of amenities. It's it's a slower climb, uh, but we've been fortunate enough to to generate you know a, a good amount of members already. Um, and uh, so on the on the ranch side here, we've got about 128 lots, uh, and then on the creek side, we've got the remaining to get to that three 340. Um, and that's the the creek side is is incredible, and in it's in its own. We've got. 300 acres over there that's going to have all the luxury lifestyle amenities that you could possibly think of baseball diamond songwriter studio activity barn uh for the kids uh there's a farm and field that i believe is around six acres over there football field um driftwood marketplace um it's it's just it's going to be really special it's what's what's great about it is how how much property we have to to use and they've done a great job of spreading it all out and, um, you know, based on what you like to do, um, you can pretty much find a good spot here no matter where you're at on property. Is this golf course still a hidden gem that, or does everybody know now? You know, it's, you know, it's, it's kind of like, it feels like it's, it's just tucked away, yeah, kind of bad, but like, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's gaining a lot of popularity. It, it really is. And, you know, no matter if I'm on an airplane going somewhere or uh, if I'm not in Austin and I've got the Driftwood logo on, you know, you're getting more people tapping you on the shoulder like, hey, Driftwood. You know, I heard, heard, heard about Driftwood. So, yeah, I think, I think the secret's making its way out. Um, and that's great. That's what, that's what we want. So um, we're excited. Is it okay if we call it Tequila Wood? Yeah, you might. Yeah, you might find some in 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 some of the trees out there if you keep your eyes peeled. (laughs) That's a pretty unique quality too. That's another one that you guys. Yeah. Just those little touches that seem to make this place a little different. Yeah, and the fact that the the boys are able to keep them iced iced down throughout the day is what's really impressive. We we I took a group out yesterday and it was about four in the afternoon and they were still ice cold. I'm telling you, Carl. It's all cold out there, and it's amazing that it's cold. They've got, you know, I mean, you would think in the 100-degree heat that the tequila is going to be hot in the trees. It's not. They, they find a way to, to get it a little bit iced down so you're not drinking hot, hot tequila out of a tree. The, the, the shot on, on the 12th where if you hit the bell, you get to do another shot, um, which, by the way, just to – I don't know if you heard that in there. Jeff Barker did hit the bell with his first, uh, with his first ice shot. So, you know, discovery does a lot of those things around the country. You heard that and and some of the cool things that they do, but I'm telling you, Carl, find a way to get out there. The comfort stations are through the roof. Everything out there is just, it's off the charts. Good. And we appreciate Tim coming on and talking a little, uh, talking a little driftwood golf club with us. All right. We got to take a quick break. When we come back, we've got much more, uh, us women's open talk. A couple longhorns were out in the field this weekend. Uh, another Austin tonight. We'll talk about all that when we come back. This is Playing Through on the Horn, brought to you by Horseshoe Bay Resort.
Final segment of Playing Through on the Horn brought to you by Horseshoe Bay Resort. He's Carl Nicholson. I'm Bob Ballou. We thank Tim Phelps for coming on, the head golf pro out at Driftwood. Uh, just a spectacular place that I, I encourage you, if you know somebody that's a member out there, to, to get out there if you can. Carl, U.S. Women's Open going on this weekend. Ryan Murphy uh, paying, paying attention, and uh, he, he went out there to to hang out with two of his incoming freshmen, both Lauren Kim and Farah O'Keefe from Anderson High School, uh, made the uh, qualified for the U.S. Women's Open this weekend. So congratulations to them. And uh, Sadie Engelman from Westlake, who's had a, a stellar career at Stanford, uh, also made the field this week. So a big congratulations to that trio. Uh, they continue to do great work. Ryan Murphy continues to do great work on the recruiting trail. Um, and to just, just you know, for the first one out at Pebble Beach, um, you know, what a spe- we, we got to talk to, to Sadie. and Jeff Barker did a, a story on Sadie and Farah before they left. And then um, we got some video from the U.S. Open on Lauren Kim just talking about how how cool it was that it was out at the U.S. Open. She said, or out at Pebble Beach, I should say, she met Farrah O'Keefe in person for the first time this week. So the two incoming freshmen. Nice. Uh, she met Bo Park last year. She qualified for the U.S. Open last year. So Lauren Kim's from Canada, had an outstanding career and uh, already, and then she's going to be coming to Texas with, with that. And obviously they made the, the top eight, made match play at the national championships this year. So. Uh, Ryan Murphy continue to do great work. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. It it's, says a lot when you can look at the national championship of, of, of women's professional golf and see more than one uh, Lady Longhorn face yeah. out there, name on the leaderboard. Uh, that just tells you something special is is definitely brewing, and uh, it, it it brings a lot of excitement. There's there's no doubt about it. You can't say enough about what Ryan Murphy's done with the program, the state that it's in, and, and where it's going, quite honestly. It'll be fun. Yeah, ho- hopefully they, they get to spend the weekend out there and really soak it all in. But uh, more than anything, just kind of get to showcase their games and be in a special place. I mean, it, it's, it's really going to be a fascinating weekend and worth watching. Obviously, it's Pebble Beach, but it's a firmer, fa- faster Pebble Beach than we see uh, at the AT&T. Weekend, we can't, we can't, it's usually the winter. It's a little, little, little bit different type of golf course. Uh, you look at really small greens. So you look at really good ball strikers. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be shocking to see a Jennifer, Jennifer cup show or a Min, uh, Minji Lee, or, you know, somebody that's really, really good, good hitting their irons and really placing the ball around the golf course. But the U S opens are cool. Cause you never know when an amateur might creep up the leaderboard and, and and just really really have something to say about what goes out there you know could be somebody burn orange you never know that's exactly right we hope it is we always hope it is uh we got a we got an exciting program of as always uh of great shows coming up today here on the horn big ugly tailgates coming up next casey stutter and johnny rogers on standby ready to go uh carl always enjoy it uh we'll do it again next week as we prepare for the open championship the, already the final major of the year it comes quick it goes fast it does. And so does this hour. This hour always goes by as fast. It's always Bob. It's always fun talking golf with you for an hour. Feels good. Hope the rest of the week goes well. Hope you get to get out and play some. I know I will. It's that time of year. Hope everybody listening gets to enjoy their golf this week as well. Me too. I couldn't have said it better myself. All right. As always, we thank you for joining us. He is Carl Mickelson. I'm Bob Ballou. This was Playing Through on the Horn, brought to you by Horseshoe Bay Resort. Go out and make a bunch of birdies, everyone. So long. I know you ain't gonna like it, but I'm stepping right out of your world, but I'm coming to your party, and I won't be able to stay, but 